is about reminding us about how important this book is and how we actually can't live without it. How relevant this book is in terms of the, the life we're leading at the moment because God is destined for us to be here at this time, at this place, at this point in time. It's a reminder to us about how we need to love the Bible and love the Scriptures. And it's a reminder to keep this book front and center in our lives. You know, some of us have walked the road with the Lord for many years. Some of us have, have only recently given our hearts to the Lord. But you know what? If you've walked a long road with the Lord already, chances are, I pray not, but that maybe at times that this book can become a little bit of blank ink on white pages. And yet I'm here to remind you today that this book is living. It is active. It is the very Word of God. And you need it. You see, at Choose Life, we are a Bible-based church. And the Word of God is front and center. And you know, if I was to ask you that question and that was your reply, I would support you. Say yay and amen. But the Word today is more about you as an individual and this book. You, sir, ma'am, and this book. You see, spiritual maturity is, is not measured in terms of how long we have walked with the Lord. But spiritual maturity is more about how we have grown in His Word. So you know that you could have been walking with the Lord for 20, 30, 40 years. And there is a chance that you could still be immature. The scripture tells us that. Maybe you've only been walking with uh, the Lord for the last year. There's a possibility. Maybe you're even more mature than what you think you are. Because it is not measured in time. It's measured on whether we have progressed from milk onto solid food. I want to tell you a story. A few years ago, I visited a church in the country to attend a service. And uh, I must say, I came out of that meeting a little bit distressed for two reasons. One, the name of Jesus wasn't used once, not even at the end of a prayer. There was no reference made to the Word of God by book or chapter, just inferences to broad, general strokes. And I believe that is a trap that we need to avoid and really need to be careful and guard our hearts that our walk with the Lord in terms of our relationship with Him and in terms of this book, that we do not fall into that trap. So, my second reason why I want to share this word with you today is all about revival. And if you will give me the, the latitude for a moment to say, I've studied a few, what I would like to call ingredients that make up revival. And I believe that these are some of the ingredients. Well, you have a society that has lost its way and is starting to search for answers to the problems it finds itself in. And the world today is searching for answers. It is searching in all the wrong places. And what happens is at some point in time, there's a turning towards God as the answer. And there becomes a renewed passion for prayer and seeking God. A renewed passion for deep, meaningful worship 
a renewed passion for God's presence. And I want to add to that a renewed passion for the Word of God. So it's being mindful of all of these things that I am not surprised in terms of some of the aspects we've been dealing with in terms of kingdom and kingdom culture. A few weeks ago, there was a word on inheritance, our standing in Christ, because I believe that as part of the insecurity that the world is finding itself in, we as his believers need to understand who we are in him. And so I would like to prophesy today that in line with where the Lord is taking us, that there is a new hunger for the word being stirred up. That by his Holy Spirit, he wants to reveal new revelation to us. Revelation that we never thought possible. For the word of God is living and powerful. It's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And we think we have an understanding of the word of God, but I'm here to encourage you today, there is so much more. There's so much more. So church, that we would have a love for his word is, is really the message I wanna drive home today. And that that desire for the word of God would be the same as the desire to experience his presence. That burning desire as we pursue the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, great salvation is coming in this end time revival. Just this week, we, we met as shepherds and, and one of the shepherds shared a word about all this fish in the nets and she saw pictures of how, how these nets were being dragged up the staircases uh, of the church and how we are to, to make space for, for this end time revival harvest. And, and so I want to, as part of the process of leading up to revival, I believe a renewed love for the word of God is where the Lord is taking us. You see, I believe that if we just preach the word, if we just use the name of Jesus, they will come. They will come. Why? Because they've reached a point where they are that hungry. They are that thirsty. I sense in my spirit that there's a level of desperation to find some sort of peace that is going to drive people into the presence of God. So to set the platform for the four brief points I want to share with you today, let's have a look at Scripture. John 1, verse 1 to 2, maybe you want to turn there. We're going to look at the three scriptures that are on the board. But let's read from the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2, He was in the beginning with God. Emphasis on Word, with God, and He was in the beginning with God. If we jump down to verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then 1 John 5 verse 7, and I'm reading in the New King James Version because somebody came to me after the service says, I've got an NIV, it looks completely different. So 1 John 5 verse 7, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, 
and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. You see, these scriptures are the the greatest endorsement you can find that Jesus and the Word are one. Now, that revelation for some of you alone will drive you to want to spend as much time in this book as you possibly can. And I pray that that'll be the case. You see, if you were to interchange the word in these verses and the name of Jesus, you would be perfectly correct to do so. And I pray that for some of you that this will be a big revelation today, a very big one. So point number one, if you spend time in the Word of God, it's impossible for you to remain the same. You know, Billy Graham said of the Word of God that when the gospel of Jesus Christ is presented with authority, quoting from the very Word of God, he takes that message and drives it supernaturally into the human heart. Quick question, how many of you here came to salvation because maybe a meeting similar to this where the word was presented and then there was an altar call afterwards and you responded and you gave your heart to Jesus. You see, that is not uncommon. It is not uncommon. Why? Because when the gospel of Jesus is presented with the word of God, you don't need to add anything to it. It's evidence that demands a verdict from your heart, and inevitably your heart will open up towards the Word, and you will come to salvation in Christ. It's no surprise. So you know, salvation is only the beginning, and in Scripture, we often see the correlation between milk and moving on to solid food as a description of growing into maturity in our Christian faith. What is to be noted is that our growth in the Lord is fundamentally linked to the word of the Lord. It's like the principle of gravity. If I drop something now, it's going to go to the floor. The milk also refers to a purity or an untaintedness. Mother's milk would be the purest form. You see, in our day and age, we, we fiddle with milk. Milk is... 2% fat-free, low-fat. And so this description of, of purity in terms of the word and milk might be an observation a bit lost on us today. But I know that my family buys its milk from a farm where it comes from the cow to the container. And that is the purity that I believe these scriptures are referring to. You see, we must grow, and it's that important. You can see in the scriptures that it is just not good enough to get stuck on the milk. And Dr. David Malapo makes the following statement, if you are not growing, you are dying. And what are we to do to grow? Well, the scripture leads us in 1 Peter 2, verse 1 to 3, in what we are to do. Verse 1, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word, 
that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So what are we to do? Well, we are to turn from our wickedness. That is what the scripture says to us. What are we to do next? We're to pursue the incorruptible seed, which is the word of the Lord. And then, well, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You know what I get from that scripture? Is that you never arrive. There is always more. Let the word of the Lord dwell in you richly. And the promise is that as you meditate on the word of the Lord, you will grow. It's like a natural, inevitable, promised progression. There is no way that you can spend time in the word of the Lord and not grow. It's just not possible. You see, and in today's times, we have so much more opportunity to actually consume the word of the Lord. You know, in, in biblical times, there was no such thing as the internet. Think about it. When Jesus, the word, became flesh and was here on earth, well, even when he was here, it was limited to word of mouth or wherever he was present. So we have so much more opportunity in today's age to actually consume the word. You know, for some of you, it might be taking on a reading plan. I know Pastor Bruce likes that. He encouraged me to get a one-year Bible. By the way, anybody here who's read the Bible from cover to cover? Good for you. Well done. Well done. That's great. But maybe it's a question of getting a, a, a year Bible where it mixes it all up, and by the time you get to December, you have consumed the whole Bible. For some of you, it could be attending regular church meetings. It will help you in terms of your growth in the Word of the Lord. I know my wife, she attends a Wednesday ladies' Bible study where they listen to teachings from uh, a man, a very theological uh, driven teaching, and they listen to the tapes, they were tapes, uh, into CDs, and then they get into the Word, and they study the Word, and they get to grips with it. Or maybe you want to join a, a Bible study group, a life group, where you can study the Word together in a group. Some of you can also just download the Audible Bible for your daily commute, or for your gym session. Pop the headphones in, and, and just listen to the Word of God as it's being read to you. There's one thing which I really enjoy when life gets busy, and life gets busy, is when I arrive at work and I switch my computer on, go to my inbox, and boop, alive to God. And there's a scripture, a short message, and a prayer. Maybe you want to subscribe to alive to God and receive some messages on a daily basis. Point number two, it's imperative that we base our lives on God's word. You see, we live in a world where there is real chaos. There's no hope. There, there is believers who are living with no hope. When I interact with uh, some of the pastors or, or just at work or in the news or wherever, you know, it, it's become so obvious that the world is actually broken. It's a broken place. And yet, the desire to be whole is a drive. Everybody is looking for solutions. Everybody wants freedom and, and rights. And, and nobody wants to be told what to do, yet everyone is looking for peace. It's a contradiction. 
You know, many are fighting against any form of structure, yet our God is a God of order. And we are created in His image. Can you see the conflict that the world is in? It's like they just want everything to be. But God has not created it that way, so they have a conflict with their very being because God has created them to be in order. You know, everyone is looking for some kind of solution and peddling some sort of plan. You know, a, a, a political solution, a social upliftment solution, an economic plan. Yet at our very fingertips, we've got the Word of God with all the answers, with the ability to renew our minds into the very image of Christ and to conform us to that image. But there's a biblical solution that we can turn to. But many of us don't pursue that as our first option. You see, we are to love the Word of, the, of God, and it should be the first place when we turn to Him. We also have life in the Word of God. And there's a lot of death at the moment in terms of our world. People are alive, but they are barely breathing. They are on life support, many of them. And yet there is life in the Word of God. And the Word of God instills comfort and great hope. Great hope. It's all here in this book. Point number three, the Word of God has the answers to today's questions. And I want us to have a look at 2 Timothy 3, and we'll start in verse 1, because it addresses this very aspect of, um, of the Word of God having the answers we require today. But know this, verse 1, that in the last days, perilous times will come. And then it lists a whole host of elements related to those perilous times. And if we jump down to verse 13, it reads, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. That talks of growth knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood, talks about a beginning, the milk, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Beautiful scripture in verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, when we look at this verse of Scripture, it is very clear to realize that our only real defense against being misled is the Bible. It's our only real defense. So when we are faced with questions that need answers, we can confidently turn to the Word of God. And you know what? If the Word of God doesn't provide the answer or back it up, just dump it. It's as simple as that. No bones about it. Just dump it. You see, do God's Word. It is best for us. Revelation 1 verse 1 to 3 also talks about the end times and, and how... 
through the testimony of Jesus Christ, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. But because it's referring to the testimony of Jesus Christ, it's accepted that the, this verse is referring to the whole Bible, including Revelation. And keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. You see, the word of God will stand forever. Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Now, if I was a Sunday school teacher and if I had the privilege of giving you homework, I would ask you to spend this week meditating on Psalm 119. Because it is a beautiful passage of scripture with many references to the word of God. And so I would encourage you, if you've never read Psalm 119, make it your mission for this week. You see, the Word of God will stand forever. Why? Because the Word of God has been tested. Many have tried to find the Word of God as a failure or, or wrong or incorrect. But the Bible has been found to be truthful and it has stood the test of time. So in closing, I just want to share with you a little bit about God's Word and His presence. You see, God has been talking to us as a congregation, has been renewing a deeper desire for His presence. But I picked up a quotation by C.S. Lewis, and he says, there's a difference between being in God's presence and experiencing His presence. And I want to encourage you that through John 14, verse 23 to 24, it says, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him, speaking about his presence. There is a difference between being in God's presence and experiencing His presence. And many times in the context as we get together like this on a Sunday, we will experience God's presence. And I hope it will come as an encouragement to some of you today who might be coming under a bit of a heavy heaviness because you're saying, oh, but I want to experience that in my quiet time. Well, I want to share with you that you need to continue pursuing God's presence. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to pursue the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Continue. But I want to let you know today, brothers and sisters, that you can be in His presence by being in His Word. Do you receive that today? So I'm so excited to see where God is taking us, as, as I'm sure you are too. And I'm looking forward to the ministry from this pulpit as we go into the weeks and the time and the years ahead. Because God is going to reveal things to us in His Word that we never thought possible. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that we could just spend a little bit of time in Your Word. I thank you that the Word and Jesus are one. I pray, Lord, that our, our thirst and our desire for your Word would be the same as pursuing your presence. 
I thank you that we can be in your presence by being in your word. So Father God, I just pray that we would be people of growth, that Father, we would be a people of progress, and that we would not get stuck on the milk, but that Father, you would lead us as we spend the time in your word onto solid food. So Father, now I pray for your people. I pray that you would keep them Till we get together again, by your Holy Spirit, will you minister to them? By your word, would you be in their presence? And Father, I thank you till we meet again that you will take care of our every need. You know who we are, where we come from, the thoughts on our minds, the heaviness of our heart. And for some today, maybe it's healing. And in Jesus' name, we pray that you would walk in that healing. So till we meet again, Lord, be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.